Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Across the UK, online and on DAB Digital Radio, Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. All the action, excitement and drama from across the entire women's game. Oh, the momentum is with them now. Including the Women's Super League. Clean off the line by Steph Horton. The UEFA Women's Champions League and the Euro 2021 qualifiers. Lana Clellan striking from outside the penalty area. World-beating big match conversation on the station that's raising the game for women's football. And she scored. Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Welcome to Women's Football Weekly with me, Faker Others. While we're continuing to keep you up to date with the latest in the women's game in these uncertain times, we will discuss the Lioness departing for a different pride. West Ham manager Matt Beard will tell you what he's been up to in lockdown. We'll bring you the latest Euro 2021 developments with women's football journalist Claire Bloomfield. And Liverpool forward Courtney Sweetman-Kirk is your WSL Player of the Week. Women's Football Weekly with Fake Carruthers. Hi, I'm Carly Telford, and you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Hello, hello, you lovely lot. Today we're asking you which player or team made you fall in love with women's football and why. You can tweet us at TalkSport2 or use the hashtag TSWFW and we'll read out your tweets throughout the show. So... There might not be any live games to talk about, but there's always news and developments in the world of women's football. And that's what women's football journalist Claire Bloomfield's here to tell us about. Claire, great to speak to you. How have you been keeping yourself busy? Oh, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, how many reruns can you watch? (laughs) (laughs) Go on, give me your best classic. Oh, well, I mean, I've been watching some of the Borough Best. You know I'm a big Middlesbrough fan, and I've got to admit that I've been going back through... Some of the old games, watching the likes of Janino and Ravenelli and, you know, the good old days. I was going to say, those were the times, certainly not this season. (laughs) Sorry to bring that up. Uh, Now, listen, the football may have stopped, but it doesn't mean that clubs can't do business, of course. And this one really caught me by surprise. England midfielder Jade Moore announcing she's left Reading to join America's NWST side, Orlando Pride. Did that catch you off guard as well? It did, yes. Now, the thought is that actually this deal was kind of bubbling away whilst we were all at the She Believes Cup and then it was completed shortly after that competition. Um, But it has caught people by surprise, although, you know, it's largely been well received. We can't please everybody with these deals, so there will be people who obviously question it. But I think it's an excellent move for Jade. I think she's somewhat of a... Uh, underrated player in in the WSL. She's obviously struggled with injury as well and you can't help but think she's probably got her England ambitions in mind with with this one-year move to the States. Yeah, I was going to say that to you because she's 29 years old now. Um, I mean, we're going to talk about the Euros in in a second, but she has been out of favour a little bit with uh, England manager Phil Neville. She has, and we certainly know that Phil Neville has done an excellent job at maintaining contact with his players, whether they're in the squad or in the fringes of it, or you know, new players trying to work work their way into his plans. And from what I understand, Phil has had regular contact with her, and, and you know, talked her through sometimes why she's missed out on selection. And I think sometimes maybe she doesn't necessarily play the way that he wants her to, and and that's just because she's constricted by uh, she's restricted by Reading's setup, and you know the the position and the role that um, they have her playing there. And you know, hopefully, this will mean that not only does she get some 
um, better look on the injury front. She's playing regularly, but she also works herself back into the England fold as well. Yeah, I mean, at Reading for three years, but she gets to rejoin her former boss at Birmingham, Mark Skinner, who's obviously at Orlando Orlando Pride. She's also going to be playing along the likes of Marta and Alex Morgan as well. So that's that's clearly going to help her game. Yeah, it, it's a really impressive setup there as well. And obviously that relationship with Mark will be absolutely key to her both settling in and being a success in that midfield. And I think both she will, obviously she brings a lot of experience herself. Let's not forget that. I think she'll be very important in that midfield role and kind of working some of those young players and giving them the confidence to take them to the next level. Um, but I do think, yes, that, that relationship with, uh, with Mark Skinner has probably been uh, vital to that move. She obviously is very well there between 2011 and 2016 um, at Birmingham. Obviously, his time there overlapped. I I think this could be a really positive move for Jay, but yeah, obviously it did come out of the blue. Yeah, absolutely. This didn't so much come out of the blue. UEFA postponing all national team matches for men and women that were due to be played in June. Uh, So that obviously includes the qualifying matches for uh, women's uh, Euros in 2021. But UEFA haven't actually made a decision on whether the women's Euros are staying in 2021 or moving to 2022. The Danish FA already announced last week that they believed it was being arranged to be pushed back a year. Um, But, I mean, why haven't they made an official announcement yet? I mean, your guess is as good as mine. I think it it shows uh, incompetence, to be honest, and a total disrespect for the women's game, which they keep trying to tell us that, you know, their value and is very much part of, um, you know, their plan. Um, this was their chance for me to prove that they really valued the women's game and it was on equal footing with, with the men's. And, you know, they failed miserably, in in uh, my opinion. I, I don't think a decision on the men's should have been made public until they'd had um, a plan in place for what was going to happen for the, for the women's Euros. And obviously, you know, if, if it is moved to 2022, as we think, then, you know, it does stop that idea of having, you know, two tournaments in the same summer. But... I think they've made a huge mistake. It's a catastrophic mistake for me, PR-wise alone. Um, I think they could have handled this far better. Yeah, could could there be a reason that they're, they're, that they're hanging on and they want it to be in 2021? I really don't know. I mean, I, I think the idea that there will be two competitions running back-to-back, obviously some people say that's not going to be a good idea because will the interest sort of taper off from one into the other? Um, I think there's also, we are going to be asking questions about the kind of financial commitments, both from um, the sponsor's point of view, how how much can people really put in their hands, in their pockets and and throw a competition back to back, given the financial situation we all find ourselves in now. And then you also have to think about supporters. You know, if we have supporters who want to go to both the men's and women's competition, given that so many people are out of work now and are going to have less disposable income going forward, you know, perhaps that's also played into consideration as well. But also the fact that it overlaps with the Olympics that's now been moved as well, because, you know, the the women's Euros would then go into the beginning of the, the Olympics. And I know that women's football is usually played at the back end of the Olympics. However, if they want the whole experience, you know, being in the village and uh, the opening ceremony, etc., they'll miss out on that potentially. Yeah, absolutely. And you also have to think carefully about managing a player's load because, you know, the game is becoming increasingly uh, more physical, intense. We know the standard has jumped tenfold even just in the last season, if we think of what we've been seeing just domestically in the WSL. And I think we do also need to think very carefully about that, about how much these players can physically handle going into competitions. And no player should be made to choose over whether they compete in the Euros or the Olympics. If they're good enough and the, you know, the manager wants them in the squad for both of those teams, then they should be made available to play in both competitions. Mm, we've talked before about what this means for Phil Neville and his contract, etc. But the FA announced today that some of their senior staff are taking pay cuts. That includes England's uh, women's manager, Phil Neville. He's taking a 15% cut. I mean, this seems like a silly question to ask, but the right thing to do? Definitely. And and I, I'm pleased that the FA have handled it in this way. I mean, I expected nothing less, to be honest, of Gareth Southgate and Phil Neville, who've always dealt with things in a very classy way. Um, less so that we're seeing than, than Liverpool at the moment. Um, but I think this is, is the right thing to do. It's been handled in the right way. Um, and I just hope that uh, we don't see 
um, the women's players throughout WSL who remember are on very modest salaries already that you know that they don't suffer too much should any cuts be rolled out through the domestic leagues as well. Yeah, well, I mean, we've already seen plenty of players having to beg, steal and borrow bikes to, to train at home. Uh, I talked last week with Molly Hudson from The Times about how this could filter down into women's football and how potentially, as uh, big clubs in particular tighten their budgets, how that could then filter down to the women's team who then, you know, who don't, as it is, get very much funding anyway. Exactly. We don't want them to see get even even less. You know, some of them would would just drop out of existence. I mean, some of them are on the verge of that already. Um, it, it isn't ideal that we've got players who, as you say, beg, borrow, steal for equipment to get through rehabilitation. You know, that should be a given that those uh, things are provided. Like we know there are various Premier League players, for example, who are having um, fitness centres installed in their homes the moment that any news of a lockdown came into play. So. We do hope that um, some financial support is given to the clubs, although the FA at the moment say that you know there isn't any money to, to help them out and they'll very much be um, expected to kind of pull themselves out of this financial crisis. But I think there will come a point where they, they need to rethink that strategy. Yeah, another strategy they're going to have to, you know, perhaps continually look out. Uh, the Barclays WSL confirmed in a statement on Friday it's going to follow the men's game, as we knew, and not return in May. Surely, though, it's just inevitable that they're going to have to keep pushing this date back. But is it just a matter of time before the WSL and the Championship have to follow the National League and it's declared void? I think that obviously all options are on the table at the moment. I, I do think that um, the FAWSL will sort of follow the Premier League lead. That certainly seems that from the statement that was released last week that you know, whether even if they do have a seat at the table, I'm not sure how much power the FAWSL really have. Um, I do hope that it is very much a collective arrangement. You know, what is rolled out for the for the men's game is, is rolled out for the women's as well. And, you know, for all of those records, all of those games um, to, to be declared void would be hugely disappointing both for the supporters and for, for all of those involved in football. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've been speaking to, to a variety of players and managers on Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2 who've given their opinions. And, and obviously, as everybody is thinking, that the, the state and health of the nation is the most important thing in these kind of cases. But, I mean, what would it mean for the league if it had to be voided? There's been a lot talked about in terms of the Premier League Championship, League 1 and League 2 in the men's game and, the, and maintaining the integrity of those competitions so surely all the growth that has happened within women's football that could not possibly be on the table as well if the rest of football is going to finish the season yeah it, it, so they find themselves in a really difficult position obviously we, we are in kind of a, a special season for the FAWSL it does feel like we've made more progress of these last few months than, than the top flight in this country ever has both you know in terms of filling uh, stadiums like King's Meadow and, um, you know, the big games around uh, the country at Premier League stadiums and even just the level of interest and engagement on social media and, and in the national press, for example. So it would be a real shame if we if we sort of slide back over and we lose some of the momentum that we've built. And, you know, that's we're definitely a risk of that, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. Just finally, Claire, before you go, uh, we're asking everybody in today's show, which player or team made you fall in love with the women's game and why? So who was yours? Wow, this is a tough one for me, but it's probably Rachel Yankee. Um, you know, I remember her going across to America and at that point I was still very much learning about, you know, what women's football was all about and who the big icons of the game were. And I was fascinated by the fact that she in fact had to move across to, to the USA to kind of take her game to that next level where the opportunity was to... Um, to earn some money whilst playing. So, yeah, I, w I would probably say Rachel Yankee. What an absolute star she is as well. I was at a, a, a Women of the Year event with her um, at the end of last year and she was an absolute pleasure to, to spend a few hours, few hours with and very humble as well, bearing in mind what she's achieved. Yeah, and I think it's fantastic to have some ambassadors of game like that who are, you know, absolute icons. They're, they're fully invested in kind of this new era of women's football, you know, they're not bitter about the fact that they might have missed out, well, we can't really call them riches, can we? But, you know, the, the advances that we're seeing, the small advances that we're seeing, both financially and in terms of sponsorship and opportunity for these players, they're, they're very much invested in, in helping us um, take the game to the next level and 
yeah, I think Rachel Yankee is a fine ambassador for the British game. Absolutely, she is. Well said, Claire. Claire Bloomfield there from uh, 442, women's football editor. Thanks so much for joining us, Claire. We'll speak to you again soon. You are listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2 with me, Faker Others. If you miss any of our shows, don't forget, you can catch up by downloading our new podcast. It's available on Spotify and iTunes. Today's show will be available to download from 4 o'clock on Tuesday. Now, what's it like to be a top-flight manager during lockdown? We'll be speaking to one next to find out. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others. I'm Mary Earps. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. This is what we came for. Thank you, Sam Matterface. This is Women's Football Weekly with me, Faker Others, on Talk Sport 2. Today we're asking you, which player or team made you fall in love with women's football and why? Here's what some of you have been saying so far. Derek Purcell has been in touch. Championship side Durham was the reason he fell in love with women's football and says his favourite player is Jill Scott. Not just because of the way she plays, but he also loves her jokes. Thank you very much for that, Derek. Kevin May's also been in touch. Doncaster Bells, he says, when his daughter was a ball girl. England internationals taking the time to chat to 10-year-olds about their game, ambitions and dreams. Lovely stuff indeed. Tweet us with yours at TalkSport2 or use the hashtag TSWFW. Now, we've been finding out for you how clubs are supporting their players during this difficult time. Last week, Brighton manager Hope Powell did a press conference via video call she revealed that the club delivered gym bikes to every player. So let's find out what West Ham are doing with manager Matt Beard. Good to hear from you, Matt. How are you doing in lockdown? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, thanks. Not bad at all. So what have you been working on? You've been given a little bit more time and space for not-so-great reasons, but how have you been utilising it? Well, I mean, first of all, we, we allowed all the, all the players to go and be with their uh, friends and families, obviously, in such a, a difficult time. Um, but from from my point of view, we're looking at loads of little different things from a from a technical standpoint with sort of my coaching staff and um, uh, you know our analyst as well. So it gives us a good opportunity to get things in place that sometimes you just can't do in season when you're playing sort of game after game. So um, we're, we're utilising that. To, to our advantage, um, but the most important thing is that that everyone's sort of you know healthy and safe. And um, like I said, we wanted the players to be with their with their families. You know, God forbid anything happens to to anyone, we want them to be with with their loved ones at this time. So um, we've been working hard still. You know, Colin and EJ have been brilliant with the programming for the players. The players have been brilliant in in following that. Um, and we've got other things that we're doing sort of at the moment. There's a lot more contact with the players now, sort of. You know, since the last FA meeting, so we can really start to get get their, them to have an input into certain things as well. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. How have you been keeping in contact with the players? How easy has that been? Yeah, no, no, it's easy. Obviously, with modern technology, um, you know, we've I've been keeping in contact via email with everyone on sort of group emails. Um, obviously, WhatsApp and texting people, and and I had a sort of I spoke to every player yesterday. Um, just to see how they're getting on and to make sure they've got what they need. And, you know, off the back of them conversations, we're, we're, we'll implement some more things going forward now. Yeah. Are any of the players struggling whilst in, in lockdown? Because we've heard lots of things about players across the league having to beg, borrow and steal equipment from, you know, using social media to, to do that. What, what have West Ham done for their players? Um, well, we, we've been giving them sort of multi-programs, so stuff that they can do if they can get out and they can get to a park, um, stuff that they can do um, in a garden. So, so we, we've been giving them sort of loads of different tasks. Unfortunately for us, we wasn't in a position to to give them everything with the way that everything got shut down. Um, but we, we've, you know, we've, we've improvised on that and given them, to say, different things to do. We're going to set up some sort of different video coaching sessions that they can do with and without a ball and um, like little video stuff that we're going to be getting sent out in the next week or so. So, you know, we're trying to do as much as we can on that front so they get to touch a ball and, um, you know, they, they still get to keep their fitness levels up. I was going to say, I mean, it's sort of, nothing is going to replicate an actual match obviously so how do you adapt because I know that the players spend a lot of time in the gym anyway and doing drills and things like that but how closely are you able to to match what you would be doing this time of the season anyway 
Um, it's, it's, it's difficult because, you know, you, you know I've seen uh, Remy Allen tweet about going to a park and using a football pitch to do our sessions and mm. been, you know, kicked off. Um, as I said, what we've, we've tried to do, we've try, tried to cover all bases with people that can go out and do sort of different runs and different intensity if they can't get out. Like Kenza, for example, in mm. France, they're on a complete lockdown and she can't go out without, you know, a, a, a slip from, from the government. So there's, there's loads of little... Different different scenarios that happen in each country where the players are. Um, but as I say, we're trying to improvise by giving them everyone the ability to do something in a park, in their house, in their garden. Um, and, and to be fair, the players have been fantastic with it as well. Yeah, I can imagine. They're a really good group you've got there. What, what's Kenza being able to do then at home? What kind of stuff she she doing? Yeah, she can get out. I mean, she's put some videos out on, on social media. As long as she's got the slip, then she's OK to go out, obviously, with her profession to do what she needs to do. Um, I think she's had one incident, but apart from that, you know, everything's been fine. And, and morale's pretty good with them all? Yeah, I just think we're all missing each other. <laughs> it, it's, it's funny, because when you're with each other day in, day out, and the amount of hours we spend together, I'm just thinking about this whole situation, I think the world's going to be a better place because we're all going to maybe appreciate the little things a little bit more now, you know, uh, just to be able to go out and, you know, be with your family and friends and stuff like that. But, you know, we can't wait to, to get back together. You know, we've got a good end running with the fixtures that we got to the end of the season and, you know, we just want to, we just can't wait to get back together. But the morale with the group, you know, everyone I spoke to, you know, is, is, is brilliant. Yeah. Um, what have you, what conversations have you been having with the FA? Because obviously, you know, it's very difficult for anybody to stay completely up to date with what's going on. There's so much change all, all, all the time. You said that you had a meeting uh, the other day. What has been said? Well, I, I've not been on their meetings. It's been um, Jack and, and Aidan, our general manager, and obviously Jack Sullivan, the managing director. I just get fed back what's said, and I, I know. As, as what, what you know from the statement that was put out the other day. I mean, I think everyone's determined from the FA side of things for the season, obviously, to finish. Um, but obviously, it's got to be safe to do so. But um, I, I'm only party, really, to, to, to the statements that sort of you see and that gets released in the public domain. Mm, obviously, it is really important for the integrity um, of all leagues um, that the season, whenever it's allowed to resume, can resume, and whenever it's safe to resume, can resume. But with all of women's football from Tier 3 down being voided, of course, that happening uh, with the National League as well, is there any worry that you have that the Barclays FAWSL and potentially the championship as well may also fall foul to that? Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm probably the wrong person to ask. I, I, I guess whatever happens, it'll be done in the interest of, of everyone's you know, health and safety more than anything else. So, listen, whatever decisions are made, as much as you might not agree with it, you've just got to respect them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, I just wanted to ask you about this, because you managed out in the States, obviously, with the Boston Breakers before yep. you came back to the UK uh, to manage West Ham. Reading midfielder Jade Moore just announcing she's off to Orlando Pride. How much of a good move is that for her? Yeah, listen, it's, it's, it's a great league. I mean, it's going to be a great experience for her. I mean, it's um, from a competitive side, it's, it's the most competitive football I've ever been involved in when it comes down to fe the female game. Um, you know, but I'm, I'm, look, the way Jade plays, she'll she'll fit she'll fit in out there no problem, and obviously she'll she'll know Mark as well, so it should be you know an easy transition for her. And I wish her all the best. It'd be a great experience for her. You know, when she goes to places like Portland and plays against teams like North Carolina Courage, you know, it definitely definitely will test her and it will make her you know make her a better player. Um, but there's loads of adjustments that that you need to make when you go over there. Um, but I'm sure she'll cope fine, and I'm sure Mark will look after her. Yeah, absolutely. Mark Skinner, of course, uh, she played under at Birmingham uh, City. Uh, just finally, Matt, we're asking today, we're asking everybody that comes on and talks to us and all of our listeners out there, what player or club made them fall in love with the women's game? So, obviously, you've managed um, Liverpool, Chelsea, and you were at Boston Breakers. So, what made you fall in love with the women's game? Um, to, to be honest with you, when I was at Charlton, um, when you see the commitment, you know, before the money in the game that it is now, you know, I just think the commitment that the the girls had, you know, them even me at Chelsea sort of cost me money. Then, you know, I, I, I just think 
as you've seen the, the game grow. And I'll never forget a conversation I had with Farrell Williams when we was at Liverpool together in 2014, I think it was, just about the way the game was going and what the younger players are getting now and what it used to be like. And, and I think you even see now on the pitch, a lot of people like the game because of the honesty of the players. And mm. I think for me, you know, that was one of the biggest things that stood out to me because technically there's no real difference. Back in the day, it was probably the pace and the power of the game. Um, but now that we're a full-time professional and it's moved on, you know, that even that's starting to catch up. So probably the honesty and the sacrifices that a lot of people made um, for, for this generation now. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's something I absolutely love myself uh, about the women's game. The players are so accessible as well and so humble. Thanks so much for joining us. Matt Beard there, West Ham manager, talking about how him and his... Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Players are coping in lockdown. You can hear the thoughts, by the way, of another Barclays FAWSL manager on breakfast on Tuesday morning on Talk Sport. Laura Woods and Ali McCoyce will be speaking to Chelsea boss Emma Hayes. And that's from six o'clock tomorrow morning on the Talk Sport Breakfast. I'm Faker Others. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly here on Talk Sport 2. Don't forget, though, if you do miss any of our shows, you can catch up by subscribing to our podcast. Women's Football Weekly is available for download on Spotify and all Apple products as well. Next, you can find out how the players are physically and mentally coping whilst in isolation with Liverpool's Courtney Sweetman-Kirk. Across the UK, online and on DAB Digital Radio. Hi, I'm Georgia Stanway and you're listening to the Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. TalkSport 2's Women's Football Weekly is here every Monday to give you all the latest news in the world of women's football. I'm Faker Rothers. It's lovely to have you with me. Today we're asking, which player or team made you fall in love with women's football and why? Tweet us at TalkSport2 or you can use the hashtag TSWFW. Here are some of the messages that we've had so far. Sue says, always supported the women's team but never a club team properly until Manchester United women launched one in 2018. 18, which is her men's club. Uh, tended to follow Arsenal until then, but mainly because of Kelly Smith, Casey Stoney, Faye White and Alex Scott. Great now that I can support home and away properly. Absolutely, Sue. Uh, Craig says, manager of Kettering Town Reserves with a great bunch of ladies is where it started for me, but the love of the women's game came when I was media officer for Coventry United. Excellent stuff, Craig. Keep them coming. I'll read more out before the end of the show at TalkSport2 on Twitter. I'll use the Hashtag TSWFW. Uh, now, last week, we spoke to Arsenal forward Beth Mead, you'll remember, and what she's been up to in isolation and how she had to beg for gym equipment on social media. Uh, Liverpool's number nine, Courtney Sweetman-Kirk, had to do something very similar. Hello, Courtney. Lovely to speak to you on Women's Football Weekly. How are you managing at the moment? Um, not too bad, thank you. It's obviously um, an adjustment period is, is, is for everyone, but I'm not doing too bad. Excellent. I'm glad to hear it. You sound pretty positive. Looking forward, no doubt, to the day you return to the pitch. 
Yeah, definitely. I think obviously every footballer, a sports person is, and just most people are tearing the hair out and, and want to get back to normal life. But I think obviously at the moment, the most important thing is, is, is when it's safe to do so and keeping all our key workers and, and NHS frontliners safe at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Very well said. Uh, what's been your experience so far? How have you been getting on? Uh, well, luckily, I, um, I've come back home to Leicester. Um, so that's been um, nicer for me in terms of I've got a garden and stuff. The flat we've got at Liverpool is, is lovely, but no garden and stuff like that. So I made the decision to come home before um, the non-essential travel ban. Um, it's been hard in terms of obviously trying to fit sessions in and stuff like that. Unluckily, my local park um, has sort of been closed down and, and locked off as well. Um, so it's been quite hard for me to do sessions. But in the same breath, I suppose it's, it's been quite fun to try and work out different ways to do things. So got to try and find the silver lining. Yeah, I saw that you tweeted out um, for some kit. Before I go into that, because I know you've managed to get yourself a Watt bike, I did see that you also had touted out. You wanted a, and I, I, I don't know what the actual professional term is for this. I'm sorry, I'm not a player and I'm not a coach. <laughs> but the little trampolines that you get to practice your ball drills on, I saw that you posted a picture and you wanted one of them. Did you manage to get one? Yeah, which I've managed to uh, source as well. So... Like I say, I think this, this time has brought out the best in people. So it, it's been um, it's been an interesting time. But like I say, it was like you've mentioned, it was good to get the uh, what bike at a lo- from a local gym called the Function Jigsaw. Like they've been kind enough to let me hire that. So yeah, it's just like I say, I, I couldn't get on the park, so I just wanted to try and get hold of something that I could still, you know, work with the ball skills and stuff like that. So I've been quite lucky, really. Yeah, I've just been speaking to West Ham manager Matt Beard, actually, about what his players are up to and some of them are in better situations than others. But in terms of what you are actually able to do, you you said you can practice some ball skills, but what else can you do to kind of keep as much match fitness as possible? Uh, Well, we've been sent home or or wherever we are with um, a conditioning programme by our SNC and the club. So that's really important. And they're tracking that um, and everything we do. So obviously keeping on top of the conditioning and and the strength and conditioning is is really important for us. But I think the good thing as well is we've been given a bit of free reign to not just do, you know, the running sessions and the bike, you know, some cross sort of sessions. So whether that's skipping or boxing, just to make sure that we are keeping fit and, it, you know, it can get monotonous just running and, and the club are, you know, good with stuff like that. They really try and give us free reign as much as possible within the parameters of, of keeping ourselves fit. How does it, I mean, I, I've seen a lot, um, I have a friend who's a, a sports scientist um, at a championship club and they are monitoring players, uh, you know, using GPS to, to, to see how they're doing. Do you have anything like that? Is there anything technological with the behind the scenes staff that, that is showing how well you're able to keep on top of the training? Yeah, so we're linked up to the Strava app. So I think it was making sure that it's accessible for everyone, really. Um, so that's something that everyone could download to the phones. We have to then um, link to our SNC coach's profile on that, and then he can obviously track everything that we're doing. And we again, we're given parameters in terms of our sessions to complete things in certain times. And so, yeah, they're keeping on track of it like that. But again, it, it's hard for everyone to do it off the cuff and we obviously do have gps units at the club but in terms of keeping them charged and stuff like that it just wasn't possible so um they saw fit to use strava which is is helpful for everyone and we can sort of all see each other's sessions so oh that's good um, it's quite it's quite good for us to look at obviously as a group as well so you can kick people up the backside if they're not quite pulling their weight (laughs) yeah definitely (laughs) um the thing that's worried me the most in, in this situation is the actual lack of clubs being able to get many of the female players any kind of equipment. The fact that you've, you know, Beth Mead, as I said, had to go and get something herself. Uh, she had to put out on social media. She described that as being embarrassing. I mean, how, how did you find that? Um, I, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, it's not ideal. Um and I think, obviously, you, you know, you look at it compared to the men. They've, you know, they work hard for what they get, obviously, but they've got big houses with gyms and stuff already in there. I think the thing I've found is it's so unprecedented um, in terms of, obviously, the situation. And, and it's it's not the fact of getting the equipment made because the clubs can't or are unwilling to in terms of what they have at the club, but trying to access it is just 
everyone's in terms of the what bike I found pretty much had the same idea and I was probably a bit late to the party so some people have probably been a bit more clever um and when the situation was unfolding I've tried to get hold of a what bike um and got that done earlier so I think it's more the fact that equipment is so lacking because everyone's having the same deer rather than the lack of ambition or money for the clubs to do so yeah, I know what you mean. But I mean, Liverpool in particular have come in for some criticism this season, you know, for perhaps the, the, the lack of support that it's sometimes perceived that they give um, the, the women's side. We've spoken to Vicky Jepson about this, uh, your manager before uh, as mm. well. Do, do you feel a little bit left behind, if you like, and, and not quite looked after? No, I think in terms of the contact that Liverpool um have had with us and, and the staff from the women's team we, we're on zoom meetings very regularly um obviously we've got a whatsapp group that we're always talking to each other bits of equipment have been sent through like smaller stuff in terms of um resistance bands and, and skipping ropes and stuff like that um again vitamins and, and stuff like that to keep us going so i don't i don't i feel very supported by the club and obviously like i, I remember vicky's um interview with yourself and it's a process the club by no means are saying that we're where we want to be um but it is a process and obviously we've got you know our part to play in that as players as well um on the pitch and then that again it's it's the involvement from the club as we do so and we've seen this year that in terms of, of the tour and stuff like that we are we are included and we are involved and that will evolve you know over the coming years yeah, absolutely. If if there was a situation where the, the league had to be voided this year, which is something that nobody wants to happen, particularly bearing in mind the growth that women's football has had over the last couple of years in particular, um, how would you feel from a Liverpool standpoint? Obviously, you've been fighting, you've just started to get some, you know, momentum going a little bit, you know, performances have been there, even if the results haven't always been. Yeah. Uh, what's your opinion? on that and how do you think that they should they should um close the season in that situation i think it's a really hard question as you say from from a personal club view like you say we are start started to gain some momentum um and did feel like the wins were coming but in the same breath it's probably what i reiterate from what i said earlier it's got to be safe to do so um and like i say all all the footballers all the sports people are absolutely itching to play and and get back to what they do best but the paramount importance is is obviously safety um, of everyone in the UK and around the world at the minute. Yeah, it's really difficult as well. And I don't want to put you in an, in an awkward situation as somebody who is a, a player for Liverpool Football Club. But obviously the club that, that you're involved in has come under um, quite a bit of criticism over the last couple of days with the announcement about furloughing staff. Actually, Liverpool Chief Executive Peter Moore has said that the club came to the wrong conclusion when announcing on Saturday that they intended to furlough staff and and says he's truly sorry. Um, that's quite a big statement to come out with after the amount of criticism that, that that was given, but it's not particularly helpful in terms of the PR of the, of the club when there's criticism about the amount of money that the women's team um, get. As you said, that is going to improve in the future, um, but it doesn't help matters. Um, to be honest, that it's not something that we're involved in and I'm not a politician, so I won't sit and, and, and say and comment on stuff like that. I think, you know, for us, it's just as players, we're not involved in that. Um, so it's about just doing what we do off the pitch and keeping ourselves in the right place at home. Absolutely. I'm sorry that I had to bring that to you. It had literally just broken as well. So I wanted to ask ask your opinion on it. Uh, back to safer topics, though. We are asking today what player or club made you fall in love with the women's game. Courtney, can you remember what yours was? Yeah, for me, um, it's a player that's still actually playing and that would be Farrah Williams. I think, you know, growing up, as a lot of people of, of my generation, women's football wasn't overly um, sort of accessible on, on the telly and it obviously wasn't as professional as it as it is now. But I, I remember um, Farrah Williams being one of the first players that I recognise and, and still now love to watch. She's unbelievable in terms of her technical ability, obviously the amount of catch she's got for England. Um, and she's just one of those players that she's um, a pleasure to watch when she plays. She is an absolute treat to watch and she's a treat to have in the studio as well. I hope we'll get you in the studio one day soon when all this is over as, <laughs> yeah, as well. Just one final question for you, Courtney. Uh, Jade Moore, Farrah's teammate, announcing her departure to Orlando Pride. Same age as you. Is that something mm -hmm. you've ever fancied doing, going over and playing in the States? 
Um, definitely, if it, it, if it came on the horizon, I think that's the fantastic thing about football. It it takes you all over the world, but sort of know Jade fairly well, and you know she thoroughly deserves it again. Another fantastic player, and I really hope that she enjoys her time over there and thrives in that environment. Yeah, do you think that could potentially get her foot back in with the England setup? I think very potentially. I, I think over the years. Um, that's something that, you know, Phil Neville wanted to come in and change and, and play players that are on form because historically, you know, players argued that that might not have happened um, before him. So I'd like to think so. I think if any players playing well, um, they're in with a shot to get in the squad and obviously with things changing that the way they are with the Euros, um, like I say, if she, she goes out there and plays well, she could well be with, in with a shout. Yeah, we'll keep a close eye on it. Courtney Sweetman-Kirk, thank you so much for joining us on Women's Football Weekly. It's been a pleasure, and as I say, hopefully we shall see you face-to-face in the studio sometime soon. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Courtney. Uh, Liverpool forward, Courtney Sweetman-Kirk there. I'm Faye Carruthers. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Uh, next up, we're going to be speaking to you, the fans. How are you keeping in touch with each other? Are you keeping up to date with the world of football? How would you feel if the WSL had to be voided? Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others. Hi, I'm Ashley from Putnam Hotspur and you're listening to the Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2 with me, Faker Ruthers. How are you doing? Seriously, though, how are you doing? Because I am struggling without live football. What about you guys? Let's talk to Birmingham City supporter and podcaster Craig Hadley, a Manchester United fan, Natalie, who's also the founder of Barmy Army, a United supporters group. Let's start with Craig. Craig, how are you finding life with no football? Uh, it's tough, uh, no doubt about it, but um, hopefully in the near future we'll see some again. Yeah, fingers crossed. What have you found helps uh, to fill the gap? Uh, Netflix is probably the, the answer. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and what have you been TV watching? And, uh, like most people, I think Tiger King at the moment, which is a ridiculous, ridiculous thing to watch. <laughs> I've not seen that yet. I was thinking you were going to say Sunderland Till I Die. Uh, that, that's definitely on my wish list. Uh, well, do you, uh, things to watch soon but Tiger King yeah it's it's a real mad series about guys who um, uh, keep tigers like in zoos it's weird okay yeah it sounds weird I'm gonna watch it though you, you've made me put it on my list uh, right from a Birmingham perspective though we better talk about football because much as this football lockdown is great for other things outside of football when sometimes we're a bit overwhelmed and saturated by it at the minute we're all missing it so from a Birmingham perspective, if the rest of the season goes ahead, what do you think should happen? What's your ideal scenario? Uh, I think with the, with the previous example of when we had the spring series in between, when it went from a winter league to a summer, uh, no, from a summer league to a winter league, even I think that's what has to happen next year. It's better to finish this season than start the next season and just uh, avoid things that have already happened because it ruins. Uh, the integrity of the league, I think. Yeah, that's a really interesting uh, point of view. One of the ideas that I kind of thought is perhaps some of the cup competitions could be cancelled perhaps just for a season, just so that everything could be um, uh, crammed in, if you like. Yeah, it, it's a possibility. I think it, you just don't want to rush the current season. I think that's the, the most important thing, in my opinion. Yeah, we saw the FA void women's football from the third tier and below. Obviously, you know, none of us have a crystal ball, unfortunately. But if this lockdown does continue, how would you feel if they had to make the difficult decision to void the WSL and championship? Uh, it would be tough because obviously Birmingham hadn't had a great season this year but I think even even I'd, I'd still want to see us uh, see through to the end of the season I, I just don't think um, avoiding something that's happened is, is the best way if, if it did happen I would just be very disappointed I think yeah I think I think a lot of people would be with you on that so your podcast is great since 68 uh, purely based on the Birmingham women's team obviously been been tough times uh, recently but good times earlier on how has the podcast been been going and what's the general mood among Birmingham fans uh, during this time? Uh, it, it's, it's gone quite well. We're, we're in our third season now of the podcast and uh, obviously great, great since 68 is great since 1968 when the team was first formed, one of the oldest teams in the league. And uh, yeah, uh, I think there's a sense of optimism with the fans at the moment because obviously Martyrs departed now and I think it's like a new era for the club, whatever happens now after the uh, the virus, of course. 
Yeah, absolutely. Just one final question that we're asking all of our listeners today and everybody that's uh, speaking to us on Women's Football Weekly tonight. Uh, what player or club made you fall in love with the women's game? I mean, I can pretty much guess which club it's going to be, but is there a player that perhaps has uh, been a highlight for you over all of your years of supporting Birmingham? Yeah, there's one that really stands out. She's obviously retired now, but uh, Karen Carney, she led, she led us to the FA Cup final to, and to win the Cup, the first major trophy for the club. And just seeing how great she was on the pitch, it, it, it was just made me such a great Blues fan to oh, see her play. And have you met her? Uh, I, I've never spoken to her in person, but I've, I've I've obviously been to games that she used to play when she was at Birmingham, but I never had the, had the nerve at the time when I was young to go speak to her. Unfortunately. Oh no, you should have done. She's lovely. She she has time for everybody. You should see if you can try and get her on the podcast. That's for sure. Craig, absolute pre- pleasure chatting to you, uh, Birmingham fan Craig Hadley. Uh, there. Uh, by the way, just want to remind you of some of the breaking news that we had here on Talksport earlier on. Uh, Liverpool Football Club have announced they've reversed their decision to apply for the government's job retention scheme, so they won't be furloughing staff. Uh, Liverpool Chief Executive Peter Moore said the club came to the wrong conclusion when announcing that they'd intended to furlough their staff and says that they are truly sorry as well. Uh, Right, Manchester United supporter Natalie also with us today. Natalie, how are you doing? What are your thoughts on the season? Um, I'm doing good, Faye. Uh, It's been a really good season for Man United women so far. You know, first season in the Super League, sitting fourth at the minute. Hopefully it carries on and we can um, definitely, you know, say we're the best of the rest. Uh, that's what I think most of our fans want. Absolutely. Did you hear what Craig had to say? I mean, do you think the season's yeah, gonna going to continue or end immediately and pretty much be wiped from history, which would be gutting for you yeah, in your first it would, season? It would be gutting. Uh, I don't think it's going to get wiped, hopefully. I mean, what I've been hearing, it's going, and what I've listening to today, you know, it's going the same way as the Premier League. I mean, what we want, we go home and away. Our fans like pretty much every game. I've never, I've not really missed a lot of games this season. I've been to every one, so hopefully the games can continue, but continue with the fans there. Um, but obviously, you know, it's about health and safety of everyone. So, but that's what we really want. We don't want behind closed doors. We want to keep on growing, keep growing the attendances. But it's unlikely to happen, probably. Yeah, you founded the Barmy Army. You said you've you've yeah. been to most games this season. Yeah. It's um, the Manchester United Women's Away Supporters Group. Yeah. Um, what what is the feeling among your United fans you've gathered together? Um, just keeping together, you know, keeping spirits high. We're doing a lot of things on social media, trying to do, um, you know, gatherings, making sure we're connecting with everyone. You know, whether it's sort of people who are down in London or up in Manchester or wherever, you know, people may be even, you know, far away as Norway, we're speaking to people that basically have fallen in love with this club um, just because it's, you know, a part of Manchester United. So we're just trying to stay positive, really, and hope that all the players are doing the same thing and the managers doing the same thing. Yeah, because that's really crucial, isn't it? It, it is making yeah. sure, you know, that this growing fan base that you've got doesn't go anywhere and you kind of keep yeah. them updated with what's going on. So what news have you been able to tell them? Just, you know, I think basically like what, what's been said on here, listening to shows, keeping updated. Um, so hopefully it's going down the same way as the Premier League in that, you know, if... For example, Manchester United have said to us that if it is behind closed doors or if it is voided, then we'll get money back. But obviously we want, you know, the money maybe to stay in the women's game. But just things like that, you know, they've been quite good with us, Man United, in terms of, you know, really reaching out with us and asking what what we want to see, what we want to hear, you know, did a little, um, you know, the toilet roll challenge. We saw all our players get involved in that. We've seen, like, the RTC get involved, so it's just good things like that. Um, and knowing everyone's safe, that's the main thing. We've had a little updates from the club, from each player, saying this is what we're doing, this is how we're keeping up to date. And obviously fans, we're just making sure everyone's safe. That's the most important thing. I had a Chelsea fan on, on last week, yeah. and uh, that they, they were coming up with some new songs. Is that the intention for the Barmy Army? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I was making some songs last night, actually, with one of my members, so, you know, late at night. So, you know, we just... We actually had uh, Millie Turner. We heard her on uh, her Instagram. She was coming from, with a new song for Ella Toon. So it's just things like that, keeping everyone happy.
Um, it's hard to do so because obviously football is such a big part of our life. Um, with the women's teams coming through the, uh, last year, it's it's really taken over. So to have no men's team and have no women's team, it's it's hard. But you know safety for everyone first absolutely very well said natalie just before we let you go we've been asking yeah. everyone today what player or club now i know what mm -hmm. club you're going to say so i'm not yeah. going to ask you that but what player made you fall in love with the women's game i think jess sixworth um she was our top goal scorer last year she just the grit and determination she's a man united fan so to see someone like that putting on the shirt and she's always got time for all the fans young or old so She's my favourite player and she's what really got me into supporting the women's team. Excellent. Great one. Thank you, Natalie. Manchester thanks United fan, Natalie. And also thanks, of course, to Birmingham fan uh, Craig as well. Just before we leave you, my thanks again to you guys, the listeners too, all of you getting involved on social media. It's much appreciated. Uh, if we've wet your appetite a little bit and you want more on the women's game, you can actually hear the thoughts of another Barclays FAWSL manager on breakfast on Tuesday morning with Laura Woods and Ali McCoist. Chelsea boss Emma Hayes is going to be with the team from 6am. Many thanks though to women's football reporter Claire Bloomfield, West Ham manager Matt Beard, Liverpool forward Courtney Sweetman-Kirk and of course fans Natalie and Craig, all for joining us on Women's Football Weekly. Remember you can now listen to us during your daily exercise or sat at home at Anytime, of course, take us wherever you want. Uh, if you missed any of the show, you can subscribe to our podcast, which is available on Spotify and on iTunes, and of course on the Talksport app on Catch Up as well. Please share it with your friends and family too. If you want to hear us live, though, for all the latest in the women's game, we're here on Talksport Two every Monday night from six until seven. Across the UK, online and on DAB Digital Radio, Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others. This is what we came for. On Talk Sport 2. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.